Welcome to the author readings for our newest book, Unmuted Voices, Women uh, Overcoming Their Trauma and Indoctrination to Speak and Live Their Truth Fully in the World. And I am so happy to present um, this group of authors who said yes to being in this podcast and anthology book project. And um, I am so pleased to have every one of them with me today. And um, this, this book anthology features 12 additional authors besides myself. And today we have four of our authors um, that we're going to highlight. And I want to introduce them to you. And um, we have April Goff-Brown, Kelly Miskowski, Elizabeth Hill, and Tashella Smith. And I would like each of them to um, introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what good they bring into the world. So April, would you like to start? I will start. I would rather be second or third, <laughs> uh, but you know, this is tag your it. <laughs> All right. So I'm April Goff Brown, um, and I'm hailing from Connecticut. For anyone who is interested, uh, what good do I bring into the world? And and I'd have to ponder that one a little bit. But um, I would say that I am here to nurture and support other women, um, and that I've, I've come to really appreciate and, and take on the role of guiding women to helping them become their most aligned and authentic self. That in the journey that I've been on in the last several years, and, and Marianne, you've been part of that as well, um, it has been such a blessing to be able to get to that point where I feel like I really understand who I'm meant to be and am working towards being that person. And this book just came at a really perfect time um, to be able to also unmute a voice. Um, I My tools that I use are um, human design and oracle cards, and then with a smattering of crystals in there um, as well, just to, to look at um, really challenging women to really look within to to find out and really accept all parts of them so that they can truly be who they're meant to be. I love that. And I have to give a shout out because April was my co-author of Sacred Crystals um, in the We Are Joy book series. And if you haven't gotten that book, you need to get that book because um, April and I presented crystals in a little different way. So it's it was a fun adventure to go on with April. I found somebody who loved crystals as much or more than I did. So that was very much fun, very, very fun. So Kelly, would you like to tell us who you are and what could you bring into the world? Oh, sure would. Thank you. I'm Kelly Myskowski, and I hail from the center of New York State, born, bred, raised here. And the good that I bring into the world, I really, I have this vision that we all have a purpose, mm -hmm. and we're here to live that purpose, and the world needs us now more than ever. So I specialize in working with people to help them optimally align with their purpose to really realize what they're here to do and how and why and how the higher part of themselves, their soul, their higher self 
is really here guiding them to live that purpose through their innate intuition and cues and clues and signals to keep them fully expressing their optimal potential. And when that doesn't happen, when they're muted in essence and not living their real truth, it begins to show in subtle ways with signs of subtle stress. Um, If we can realize what's going on and tap into those signals that we're getting, whether it be what some would consider clairaudient or clairvoyant types of intuitive messages, or it's other subtle cues from their body that guide them on their path. We help them discover what they are for themselves and tune into those and listen to the messages that are there pointing their their themselves on their next direction, their next choices, what's best for them. And I do that by helping them learn to relax deeply and get beyond the monkey mind, allow their limiting thought patterns and beliefs and habits to unwind and release, as well as partner with those that are meant to continue to be with them as a gift and find the silver lining in those that's continuing to guide them on their path. So I do this through both some guided imagery, meditation type experiences, some self-inquiry and introspection, some elements of human design, and allowing the client's higher self to really guide the process in a very natural, organic way so that they can fully express their truth. And I look forward to the rest of this time together here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You got lots going on. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth. Hello. I'm Elizabeth Hill. I am the founder and CEO of Greenheart Living Press. I am in Connecticut and just like a town over from from April. So we're very close by. Um, So what we do at Greenheart Living Press is we are helping make the world a more loving and peaceful place one story at a time. So we help put books out there that are really helping to be part of transformative media, some good stories in a world that has a lot of scary um, news and scary things out there. We are a voice for transformation and hope and purpose. And so I've, um, with me and my team, have gotten to help over 100 people become best-selling authors now. And it feels really good, especially in this time of change, that we are able to um, be part of that positive message in the world. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to get to be part of this book collaboration that we've gotten to put together with all of you, because you're all certainly doing that in this Unmuted Voices book. So thank you for letting me be here with you. Absolutely. And I have to put a plug out for Elizabeth. When I wanted to publish my first book at the beginning of this past year, I started working with Elizabeth in 2021 um, for her to help me work through publishing and help. She mentored me in creating my own publishing imprint for the We Are Joy book series. And, um, and then this past year, I was able to 
be an apprentice with her the whole year. So I followed her around virtually <laughs> everywhere she went. And she gave me projects to work on and taught me so much and, and afforded me such a beautiful opportunity to learn publishing and not from a competitive, but a very complimentary state. It was like collaboration at its best. So um, I just want to put a big shout out to Elizabeth. We work closely and I am happily on her team also. So that's so much fun. I'm so looking forward to working more with her in the future. And to Shella, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. My name is Tashella K. Smith. I am here in Baltimore. Um, and let's see, what joy do I bring to the world? <laughs> or what do I bring to the world? I think for me, I am on the journey of creating a community where women can unveil the best parts of themselves mm -hmm. um, by being transparent, sharing their stories. I'm also on a journey of um, becoming a life coach and all the things that, that that may entail. And so if there's a lot that I bring, but I think one thing that stands out about me is my energy and how contagious contagious it is. And just my um, desire to want to see el everyone elevate um, and to want to share stories and feel uh, figure out how we can all learn from one another. So I'm super excited to be a part of Unmuted Voices. It speaks to my story. It spoke to my soul when it was brought to me. And so I'm very excited to be a part of this with you all. I am so glad you all are here. And we're going to jump right in and start asking questions. And April, you have to go first again. Okay. <laughs> um, so the trooper. Back, <laughs> looking back, were, were you kind of surprised or were there nuances of being surprised about um, the direction your story went or what came out during the podcast and as you started unfolding that story about being unmuted and, and learning to be unmuted or, or what kept you muted, you know, what, in, when telling the story, was there, were you surprised at any, any part of that, how it came out? Um, it was interesting to really then pay attention to the journey, the way you were asking the questions, um, and um, certainly was, and, and I don't want to go too far because it's in the section that I wanted to read, but um, I knew that I was, I'm the oldest of seven, and, and I just did everything that you were supposed to do right. I was yeah. the worst oldest sister anybody could ever have because it was hard shoes to fill. Um, but that was from being a parentified child. I think when, you know, and I found my voice in different ways over the years, mm -hmm. but when I finally, I think, realized that I opened it up to, and it was the first time I really announced, especially to a parent, um, something that, that I really believed I was, I was, I look back and I think, oh my God, that was really uh, bold that the first time to unmute, if you will, is done with my dad in a very bold way that just shocked everyone. Um, and, but even that didn't, 
really open up the voice. It was still took time and it took time because of that indoctrination of, no, you're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be um, thoughtful. You're supposed to meet the needs of everybody else. I mean, all of that was just so hard. Um, and the the great thing in, in doing the podcast and talking with my husband afterwards is that he's always been such a big believer in me. And he has said to me so many times over the last six to eight months as I've transitioned to this coaching world and human design world, he says, I am so glad you found your voice. And that's all he says to me over and over again is I am so glad you found your voice. So even though I wasn't speaking it, he never stopped me, but he wanted me to be able to do it in my time. And I think that I, I came away from the podcast with such a greater appreciation for him and his unwavering support all of these 40 plus years we've been together. Um, and so thank you for that. And I'm sure he thanks you for that too. <laughs> Yay, I love that. So with this experience of, of being, you know, telling your unmuted voices story, um, you know, how has that impacted your life or your business? Were there things that have changed now or that has awakened something renewed in you or what has the impact been for you? Um, I'm not afraid to go first. Okay. Uh, which is a good thing because I used to panic. All right. But um, I think what it's done is I've, I've gained the more confidence in being able to say, no, I do have a story to tell. I do have something to say. Um, I'm a great listener and I listen to what others have to say um, and then can be able to use that in, in um, um, with the listening is then learning how to be able to speak more. So I find that I'm not as afraid to, to speak out any longer. Um, I've learned the techniques to be heard. Um, because within our the projector world, and, and Kelly is one of those, is that um, we often, especially with this open throw, often not get heard. Um, we don't know how to get heard, um, that others can talk over us a great deal. And so it's been learning and also being able to help others learn how to be heard, such as asking for, you know, can I can I share with you what I need to share with you? Or I have a thought about that. Is that something I can share with you right now? And not being afraid to ask that kind of a question anymore so that I can say what needs to be said as opposed to just sitting here chomping at the bit and then bloop, what comes out may not be the right thing. So I think in, in doing this project with you and learning more about myself, I find that I'm braver and asking to be heard. And that's a really good thing, which means I can help others become braver in being heard as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I definitely love that. So will you read us a, a portion of your chapter? Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to read with the very beginning. Um, and it gets into the the bold the bold unveiling of my voice to my dad. So um, I think I always kept my voice muted because it was safer and easier. I was the oldest of seven in a small house and there was always so much that was going on. So it was hard to get your voice heard, literally. 
My role was to take care of my siblings. I was the little mama. It was more about the physical expression of doing things that my mother and father expected of me. My siblings came to depend on me. Living in a way of doing what others expected was the safe way to be. Be a good girl, be a good student, go to school, don't make waves. I probably was the worst oldest sister anybody could have as a teenager because I never did anything wrong, okay? Literally, I never did anything wrong and then I grew up. I started to learn music as a teenager when a teacher told me I had a pretty voice. Before that, I had no idea. And at 16, I bought myself a guitar and learned to play. My favorite was folk music in the 60s. I, I'm dating myself. I found a song that was called, If I Had Wings. And it went kind of, if I had wings, no one would ask me, should I fly? The bird sings and no one asks her why. And it goes on and on, it became my anthem. Not that I used my voice much in really saying who I was, but it was a way of saying I can be who I am once I figured out who that was. So it goes on, I got pregnant before I was married. And I remember my dad asking me about what would happen if this relationship I had didn't last. And as the footnote is that um, my husband now is African-American. And my father, when he asked, um, when I told him that I was pregnant, he was concerned about, and in his words, he says, well, if this didn't work out, what man would want you? And I found my voice and I remember looking at him and saying, what makes you think I would want him? And that was the first time I began to speak up that these are my values. I'm not going to change my values for anyone else, no matter who they are. So like I said, it was a bold one. That's huge. It was huge. That's huge. That's huge. So what is the takeaway? What is the, the message that you want our listeners to get from this? We, all of us, I mean, all five of us on this, this podcast um, and everyone that is listening, we have all been conditioned. Okay. Always. And that conditioning has given us limiting beliefs um, even though we may not think of them that way, because sometimes it's just comfortable. Um, but when we find our voice, we can move from those limiting beliefs to liberating beliefs. And that is the, that is the, the title of the chapter, that there is no need to remain in that limited place, that being brave, getting the right support, and for many of these women here or that part of our our book, um, that you too can have a very liberating voice and become empowered. And that is, I think, key for us to be exactly who we're supposed to be. I so agree. Because even though all of our stories are really very different, I feel every one of them, there's... A Okay, we've just bleeped out for a second there. Yeah. Um, um, so we're, yes, we're still going. Um, but just knowing that there's always answers, there's always a way to find our voices um, and to move forward in life and, um, and, and go forward with what we need to do to, to live it fully. 
And yeah, so I appreciate that. Thank you, April. My pleasure. Kelly, would you like to um, tell us, were you surprised? Was there any surprises for you? Or were you, was there anything that, that um, yeah, even the direction it went, your story went when we did our podcast? Or how was that for you? I would say for me, none of it was really surprising. Um, because I feel so connected with and grateful for the elements of my story that I've shared, mm -hmm. you know, they're an integral part of my growth and um, sharing them just unfolded naturally. So what I will say is that it was interesting to take the time in one place, the place being not just the podcast, but then the rest of the project overall to touch upon the various elements of my story because my story is very different in that so much of my muting was subtle. It was what I call insidious for lack of a better term. Uh, it wasn't always obvious at the time what was happening to me and how much of my life was being impacted by it. It's just a lot of subtle programming or lack of aligned support you know, being told that I can actually do or be anything I want to do, but not having that modeled for me, for example, right. that um, left me not fully expressing my potential. So it was really nice to have a, a place and a time where I could revisit all of this at once and appreciate it for what it is and see it in a way um, where it's, it's all together. It's just a different perspective on it. Right. Yes. Yeah. When we sit with this kind of thing for a while, it, it does, it certainly does make us appreciate where it's brought us to, you know, it becoming who we are. And, and then all those little aha moments along the way where we get that guidance um, to release. And, and I love that you talked about it being, you know, subtle, subtle things that that were in that got in your way um it doesn't have to be some huge trauma it can be these right. little quiet messages that just sneak in and you take them on as truth for you and it's not it's not anywhere near the truth it's just a lie um <laughs> so how has this experience impacted you have you changed anything have you seen anything shift in your energy in your business in your life How's that been for you? Well, keeping in mind that we're not done with this project. It's, yeah. it's launching, you know, um, and we don't know what the future holds for any of us and and what it's going to bring for our business and our lives. Um, I, I want to make sure we, you know, I at least acknowledge that it's important for me. This was my first book collaboration. So from that standpoint, it's been an amazing and interesting experience. I've gotten to meet some new amazing people and I've deepened some existing relationships with some of the other authors that are involved in the project. But I think 
you know, most of all for me, it's, it's just helped me to reaffirm my passion and my commitment to helping others unmute and resolve their limiting patterns and align with their full potential and connect with their vision, mission, and purpose for their lives. And many people know their company has a vision, mission, and purpose, but they've never thought about having one for themselves. And that's, a framework that I work within when I work with my coaching clients, you know, we each have a vision, mission, and purpose and are designed to live it with everything built into us, including our shadows and challenges and gifts and traits and talents that we need to live that. And then another thing that came to me during this project was an analogy that I love um, is feeling somewhat like an evergreen tree. I live in an area of the country where there is a seasonal change in foliage color, and it's often very prominent and revered. But evergreen trees don't go through those changes. And people don't come running in the fall to take photos of the amazing green. Mm -hmm. They seek out the brilliant reds and oranges and golds. And while it's happening, the evergreen trees don't sit there and say, damn, I should be changing color because obviously that's where it's all at. People admire and, and love those colors and they even pay for trips to see them. And I'm just sitting here all green and worthless, you know, and I don't know about you and, and anyone else who might be listening to this, but personally, I found evergreen trees to be even more brilliant at that time of the year. They stand out in a way that I don't notice in the summertime. So that's brought to mind for me, you know, what if people who really have a purpose that isn't as noteworthy as maybe some others are also more noted for their uniqueness and for not following the crowd. And because of our limiting minds, we develop thoughts and beliefs that we aren't good enough if we don't possess what we think and perceive is valued in the world. Mm -hmm. Trees don't do that. So to be able to partner with people who have gotten a little off track, who've gotten muted and help them create space for their soul to work its magic is an honor and a gift. And I'm always excited to see what's going to unfold for someone and how the details of how that unfolds are a mystery. And it unfolds naturally when they relax deeply, get out of their own way, resolve their limits and connect with their innate 24 seven guidance to what's next and best for them. And this is just reaffirmed that I am passionate about that. And I feel honored to be able to be in that space of helping others sync with their soul and live their purpose. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. So will you read us a portion of your chapter? Mm, sure, thank you. So this is about a very big turning point in my life when all of that subtle muting uh, was catching up to me and was affecting my body mm. and my health. And that's when I, I went through the process of realizing the mind-body connection and energy medicine and all of those things that are tools that I use with my clients. And a lot of our authors have shared in their stories that they eventually began also to experience some sort of illness or physical problem uh, as a result of their muting. 
So I began to feel a lack of control in my life because my outer circumstances were changing. There is something greater than us that has the whole picture, but we don't see it. So in the bigger plan, it was time for a shift. But because I wasn't comfortable saying, hey, you know what? Goodbye. I'm done with this. I'm on to my next thing. And I know what it is. It had to come in a more indirect way. In my early adult life, I began experiencing some work-related physical limitations and discomforts that weren't resolved with traditional allopathic medicine, physical, occupational, or massage therapy, or even ergonomic changes to my workstation. And as I went through this challenging growth process, I realized that I was coming into an awakening and kind of a rebirth of who I am and presenting that to the world in a new way. Those challenges were my soul's way of getting my attention to course correct because I did not listen to its previous subtle whispers for a change into fuller self-expression. Through relaxing deeply, allowing and supporting my innate self-correcting mechanisms, everyone has these, to do their job, my physical symptoms resolved as I awakened. I realized my soul was getting my attention and showing me that we all have a purpose in the bigger scheme of things. Just like all the cells in our body have a purpose, so do we and all that is in the world and in the universe. I realized those symptoms were showing me or were my soul's way of showing me that I needed to allow life to take me on my path. Trying to control it wasn't working anymore. I was naturally propelled along the course to bring me into more optimally living my purpose. And so in essence, I was syncing with my soul and that's why I say I'm a sync with your soul coach and guide in this life to help others learn to do the same so that they can feel healthier and, and live their purpose and feel on purpose and feel worthy and feel like they're fully expressing and unmuted. Yes, 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 yes. So what, what is the takeaway that you want people to receive from this portion of your reading? For me, it all boils down to the idea that every single person has a purpose or you wouldn't be here. You're an integral part of the whole. You matter, you make a difference. And when you're muted and repressing the full expression of your purpose, your truth, you naturally will get clues and cues from your soul through your innate guidance and intuition. And those come in a variety of ways. It's a very complex system that we are guided by and is naturally influencing us. There may be cues in your life. There may be cues in your body. You may have intuitive skills in the very stereotypical sense of, you know, clairaudience and, and clairvoyance and, and just claircognizance, knowing something. But there are a lot of other cues and clues that we receive. And when you don't heed those, they become more noticeable, expressing as stress and distress and disease. And this is how we're all built. My story isn't unique to me. It isn't 
you know, something unique about me created bodily symptoms. If you have bodily symptoms, your soul is getting your attention. There is something that needs to be unpacked and connect the dots and let that message and purpose be served and get yourself on track with knowing and following your unique guidance on purpose. Then you'll optimally be making your unique difference in the world. You'll be happier and healthier. And there are exercises and resources throughout this book to help with that, whether it be my chapter or someone else's who better resonates. Sync with your soul. Let your inner light shine. Live your purpose. The world needs you now more than ever. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And say yes to that enough. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Elizabeth, would you like to talk a little bit about what you thought about your story? Did it, did it uh, surprise you in any way? Was it your normal, this is my story and I'm sticking to it? I was extremely surprised by what we ended up talking about on our interview. Like I was floored. So I came into the interview thinking, that I was going to talk about how during the pandemic, I shifted from feeling extremely introverted and nervous to go to networking meetings and all of that, where my business, my publishing business really grew during the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I started a podcast. I started, you know, all these different ways of talking with people. And then once things started opening up, I started going to networking meetings and feeling totally comfortable speaking because I'd had all this time mm -hmm. on Zoom where I could be home very comfortable with my cozy blanket and my cup of tea <laughs> and find my voice in that way. So that's what I thought I'd be coming on to um, our podcast and talking about. I ended up coming on and oh my goodness, I just started like going on about um, how I was raised as a Jehovah's mm -hmm. Witness and left when I was, I left when I was 20. Um, within the course of a month, I went from being 100% like a pioneer, which is one of the ministers that go to store to door, to leaving in a month and losing all of my friends. And I had not recognized until really when we got on the call, how much that impacted my voice as a person, as an adult, because I was a little kid that talked to little, literally everyone. I grew up, I, I was born in Hartford and walked around on the streets of Hartford talking to all of our neighbors. Um, and I was very extroverted. And it, I realized, well, what happened? When did this shift happen where I got more and more withdrawn and it just kept going. And I, I really hadn't made that connection of being raised in a way where I was expected to speak up, but it couldn't be my opinion. I was expected to go door to door and talk about certain things. I had a, a mission from God to, to help people and save them. But if I ever expressed something that differed from that, you know, belief system, it would, I wasn't, it didn't even ever happen. Like I wasn't able to do that. Like it never occurred to me to even try. Right. So I had not ever made that connection of how much that influenced um, the way that I, you know, express myself as an adult. So I was completely shocked. 
by what we talked about <laughs> on the podcast. And um, yeah, so thank you for that gift because it's always fun to surprise yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So has this experience shifted anything in your life or your business or what, what impact have you seen just by working through this particular project? It has changed um, me. It has helped me um, get a little bit more comfortable with talking about that topic because I honestly, even though it's, I'm 44. So this is 24 years later of leaving um, that belief system. It's still uncomfortable for me to talk about. And um, so it's give. I'm starting to cry thinking about it. So it's starting, it's starting to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, I, I do have a book coming out that's on this topic. And so I better get used to talking about this, like a full book about, <laughs> so this is giving me, it's giving me an opportunity to get a little bit more settled in my body around the topic and yeah. a little bit more comfortable sharing it. Um, and just to be more aware of, um, the places where that might be impacting me still that I hadn't really realized, um, so I'm grateful for it. It hasn't been, it hasn't actually, it hasn't been like, oh, wow, this, it's been like, oh goodness, you know, <laughs> some of the awareness is a little rocky, um, but, but I'm, I'm grateful for it because it's helping me yes. overall. So thank you. Absolutely. I, I understand with the religious beliefs and can't having a different opinion than, than whatever the dogma is. Um because even this last year, it's like so many of those indoctrinated beliefs have just been turned upside down on their heads with things that I'm, you know, that I'm walking through. And it's like, oh, wow. I, I, yeah, I didn't realize that this was really, really still affecting me. And um, just um, even it's just even becoming aware and acknowledging, oh, that hurts. You know, that's still that's still got a little sting there. So still always working through it. But that's what we do. That's that's life. That's our journey. So, Elizabeth, will you read us a portion of your chapter? Yes. Yeah, so um, the portion I I want to read is actually a little bit in line with what Kelly was sharing about, which is some mm -hmm. of the physical expressions of this. Um, of having our voices muted and just as background. So I'm talking a little bit about when I, when I left, I was a year and a half into college and then I went into a, um, I transferred to another college and um, was studying theater and psychology. I was a double major in those, those two fields, um, which started me um on this process of unmuting my voice in a different way. So, so let's see here. I started doing theater, which was my absolute passion. I loved it so much. I ended up changing my major a few times and, and settling on a double major in theater and psychology. I studied psychology completely to help me figure out my brain. I was severely depressed. I wasn't sleeping. I had a lot of physical problems and I thought I, I was completely insane. And the theater was so healing for me because it helped me. I didn't really find my own voice, but I got to play around with being different people. And at that time, I didn't even know who I was anymore. <laughs> I had left this entire system of belief. Who the heck was I without that? 
being on stage and trying on these different people was really powerful. I was able to express myself in that way. And how I was trained in theater was a very physical movement-based theater. And that was very good for me. I've had other times too, when I had physical illnesses from having to hold back my voice. I was married for 12 years. And for a lot of that time, I was really unhappy. Uh, now we're doing a good job of working together to raise our children. Um, and we and we still do, even though we're divorced. But there were a lot of times that um, I just couldn't express or say what I needed within the marriage. And I began having sore throats and lung problems. I thought I had very bad allergies. And I'm, a, I'm very holistic. I, I will pop vitamin C's all day before going to a doctor. Um, but I ended up being on these heavy steroids for the lung problems. So looking back afterward, I realized I was having all these sore throats and lung problems because I was miserable and couldn't talk about it. I chose professions where I got to channel this desire for others. I worked in nonprofits and got my master's in social work because I felt like I needed to help everybody on earth. And even though I was having trouble speaking up for myself, I felt like I could speak up for other people and be a voice for them. And the chapter goes on to talk more about how I, I really didn't find my own voice <laughs> until very recently. It was, I, it was more about me. I feel like I helped other people find their voice and speak up for themselves. Right. And um, doing that through um, sharing, helping people publish their own stories and, and sharing in a written form. Um, once I got to there, I've got a little bit more comfortable with now sharing my story and speaking out loud and, and talking about it, um, starting with writing it. I was more comfortable writing it physically. And, um, and then the thing is with writing is once you write something and put a book out, people will, they just might ask you. <laughs> <laughs> about it. And my first book I did that I wrote, I was not prepared for putting the book out, like that people would ask me to, about it. And every time someone would ask me about it, I was like, why are they asking me about this? Like, it was so funny. I was like, what? Like, almost like, oh, like, I don't want to talk about it. It was such a weird reaction. Mm. And, and I've gotten more comfortable with it as, as it goes on. But it, um, it was hard like at first because writing it is one thing and then putting it out there is a whole other and getting used to just having this conversation about we pour our hearts into our stories and our books. I mean, this is vulnerable stuff. Right. So um, but I've gotten to witness so many people sharing their stories, doing this. It's encouraged me to have the courage to do it myself, too, and get more comfortable with the talking of it. So. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So what's the little gold nugget or the takeaway that you'd like people to take with them from this portion of your chapter? Well, I would I would really encourage people to find a way to share your story, to unmute your voice mm -hmm. in whatever way that feels like. And it could be tiptoeing into it. It doesn't have to mean you're like, like meeting people saying, here's my trauma, you know, <laughs> like it might, might be that, but it, it, it doesn't need to be like that. It could be tiptoeing into it. And because if we don't, we will have physical 
Oh yeah. Things happen to us. Like I see this so many times with my clients, like we will have, I know even now I can feel if I have to have a conversation with someone and I'm afraid, I feel it in my lower back. It's like, boom, it's like a punch in my lower back. So if, and sometimes we get disconnected from our body, we don't realize that that's happening. Once we start noticing that that's happening, you will notice it and then you get to do something about it. And then we do, like I, I'm a pretty healthy girl right now, right? Like it's, it, I am able to notice it and clear it, like notice it, clear it. And so um, that body mind connection around the muting of our voices and what we're willing to talk about and not and what spaces we're willing to talk about is so powerful. So yeah, I'd encourage people to explore that and tune into that. Uh, if they haven't, yeah, it's, it's yes. a place. Even journaling mm-hmm. helps. Um, like you said, just tiptoe in. It's right. not like you're writing your your you know 500 page memoir. You don't have to start there. Right. So so it's just a, it's just maybe documenting what you're feeling and then how you're moving through it. What were the aha moments? Okay, what were the signals that let you know it's time to shift something? And and mine muting my voice definitely affected my physical. My it just created so much disease in my body um, from these indoctrinated beliefs. And um, you know, for me, I developed throat and thyroid diseases three different times. So I totally understand what muting our voice does and how it affects our poor little apparatus that is carrying us through life and doing such a good job and we're messing it up. (laughs) So yes, we've definitely got to listen to our body because that's, it's like, it's almost like if it gets to your body, it's gone through a lot to wake you up. Really. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate you. Tishella, would you like to tell us how this experienced? Were you surprised at your story? Were you, were you, was it pretty much right on track with what you thought you would talk about? Um, yeah, I wasn't really surprised. Um, I just, I didn't name my experience. I think this, uh, just talking with you and, you know, just going through the questions helped me to uh, solidify what it was that I had been going through. I didn't, I never know I was muted. I just thought like, you know, this happened to me and this is just how it impacted me at certain points of my life. And I'm like, whoa, this is a thing. This is an actual thing. And so I think in that way, that was very surprising for me because I just looked at it as, oh, I just went through like I had something that happened to me that literally impacted every part of my life, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, this is, you know, the act of muting. And a lot of people are, you know, have experienced something like this. And I'm like, whoa. So I think in that way, it was very surprising for me. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So has there, how has this experience been for you? Have you shifted anything? I know you're going through coach training now. Yeah. So um, that's a big new thing for you. Yes, it is. I actually met with my coachee for the first time today, shivering and sweating, but I did it. (laughs) And, you know, just very, and even in that, right, I just looking back at, you know, my story 
and my journey of unmuting, I would never have been able to do that. I would not, I would have thought I'm not good enough. I don't have the tools. I'm not prepared. All of the things. And, you know, I think just reliving this because all these things have been in my mind. Right. But actually talking through it, walking through it, sharing the story in a, you know, in, in a manner that's kind of put together, just really helped me to realize all that I have gone through and how much I had overcome. Mm-hmm. Right. And how proud I should be of myself. And, and so that just help me propel me. So Shell, you got this, you can do it, right? You have everything you need. And, it, and if you, at the moment that I feel like I don't have what I need, I'm reminded simply by this story that no, 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 you have exactly what you need to push through and to, and to, and to make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you, you always have that guidance. And if we're tuning into it, it's telling us those next steps are, you know, at least pushing us in the direction. Yes. <laughs> Even through all the sweats and the nervousness that you yes. were talking about. Yes. It's that exhilaration still. Yes. Because you know you're doing what you need to be doing. Exactly. You know, moving in the direction of what you need to be doing. So will you read us a portion of your chapter, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. So and just to kind of set you guys up, there was a lot that took place that got me to this point. And I think this is the point where I think the turning point that people look for, like, how do I know, you know, that 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 change is happening and the unveiling is happening, the unmuting is happening. And this is the part where it started to happen for me. In grad school, my, my program director really helped push me to the next level. He was a no-nonsense person. And I realized I needed tough love to push me out of my comfort zone. So I asked him to hold me accountable. I asked him to challenge me and he did just that. From that point forward, he called on me in class and he set the expectation that I was to speak up in class as well. When I tell you, I began to have panic attacks before class and I was so concerned with being prepared to speak if he called on me. Truthfully, it's exactly what I needed to face the fear of embarrassment and rid myself of the self-doubt that had plagued me for so many years. I needed someone to hold me accountable and put me in a position to confront my fears. From there, it was like a ripple effect. At work, I started to come out of my shell. I started to be a little more of myself. As a result, they saw that I had that drive and that fire to learn and grow. I received opportunities to stretch myself. So for example, my supervisor at the time decided to put me on a panel while sweating and having panic attacks (laughs) and um, to speak about my experience as a young woman in the utility business. I was terrified to speak, but that experience opened me up to other possibilities. My boss at the time also said something to me that would literally change my trajectory. She said, one day, you're going to be my boss, Tashala. Mm-hmm. For her to say that to me meant so much to me because I admired her fearless leadership. She was a Black woman that was a leader within our company. She had great problem-solving skills. And to me, she was the epitome of a professional. After she said that to me, something happened inside of me and something activated. From that moment forward, I had more confidence in my speaking, my work, my ability to tackle any challenges that would come my way. 
I had someone that believed in me and spoke life into me with one statement. Absolutely. That for me was it. Wow. Yeah. It still brings tears and chills <laughs> to my body. when, And I remember the moment when she said it and, and just for her to see something in me literally that I could not, I didn't have the capacity to see for myself, mm-hmm. literally changed everything in that very moment for me. Yes. And sometimes we need to borrow somebody else's belief in us until we can start instilling that in ourselves. So it was beautiful that you had, you know, your boss to be able to say, one day you're going to be my boss, Yeah, you know, and, and you were able to take on their belief and then it became yours. Yes. You know, so we have those, those uh, people along the way that are, that are those signals from the universe that go this way, think this way, this is your path. This is your purpose. And in all that we've been talking about here. So, um, um, what would you like people to take away from that part portion of your chapter? What's the takeaway or the aha? The aha I want people to realize is sometimes you you need that support. It may not be that it comes from you per se. It may be the support system that helps you to have this aha realization. It may be your mentor. It may be your coach. Be open to um, you know looking outside of maybe even yourself for that support and that help. I would not be where I am today had I not searched for the support and the help to help me unveil. And I think, you know, I owe a great deal to my informal and formal mentors, my coach Lori, because again, without that support, I wouldn't have gotten here as fast. Probably would have gotten here over time, but just that support is is amazing. And so don't be afraid to leverage the support of others to be a strategic thinking partner because you already have what it takes to get to where you want to go. But sometimes we just need a partner to help us to help us in that journey. And that's okay. Absolutely. Now sometimes we need somebody else's to give us a, a little different perspective. And not that they're telling us what to think or believe. Right. It's that they're have you thought about it this way or you know from this angle. Um Exactly. You know, and, and maybe asking some of those tough questions that that we don't really want to pose ourselves. <laughs> I mean, that's why they call them blocks, you know, <laughs> we're kind of uh, got the old blinders on because we don't we don't want to face some of those things. But, yes, I love that that um, that you've had the opportunity to to coach and get coaching as a young person and not waiting until you're 60 or 64 or. <laughs> so I'm definitely yes, April. Um, so I, y- y'all know if you followed me on the podcast, if you followed me at all, you know I am a huge proponent of coaching. So find you a coach and find somebody like Tashella did, where you know she had somebody help her, and I, and I appreciate that. So um, I just wanted to ask everybody, just real quick, you know what? Um, why did you say yes to this particular project? What resonated with you? And so we're just going to go through the room. And um, what what resonated with you as far as what, why you wanted to say yes? What spoke to your heart? What spoke to your soul? And tag April, you're in. 
I think sometimes the reason I don't like to go first is because I really got to think about some of these things and, and, and I don't feel eloquent when it comes out. Um, I said yes to you because I don't know how to, for, I really don't know how to say no to you. Okay. To be honest. Okay. Right there. Um, but I loved the idea of the topic and being able to just explore that a little bit more. It came at the right time that I was doing a lot of my own self-reflection and introspection in my own uh, personal journey. And so when you asked me to be part of this, um, the, the yes part was it was going to help me move along the journey. And so that was a great gift. And, and um, for that, I say thank you. It was a great gift. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm so glad you said yes. And now I know that you can't say no to me. Kelly, <laughs> 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 uh, is there anything for you in that? In that, uh, why you said yes? Well, not only do you know that April can't say no to you, you have proof on recording here, so it, it, it's permanent. It's permanent evidence. <laughs> So, oh, I, you know, bottom line was going back to my guidance that felt right. Mm. It felt like the right opportunity for me. It resonated in the timing and, you know, the message and the mission of the whole project. There are people that don't realize even that they're, they're not living their truth because they've lived this way for so long. And in essence, it's it's your truth. It's what you're meant to live now in, in order to learn the lesson and to grow beyond it. Um, but it's it's not the fully expressive, unconditionally loving self that you're designed to be and living in the highest expression of you. So to have the opportunity to share my story, especially because for me, it was so subtle. But it still had a profound effect on my health and well-being uh, and, and was exactly what I needed to learn what I needed to learn to be able to do the work I needed to do. Right. But didn't have all the, the obvious signs of trauma or indoctrination that some right. stories have. So, right. it, and it was an amazing project. It was easy to work with you and... Mm -hmm know what we were going to be doing and how. So again, it was a gift for me. Um, and, you know, I, I thank you for that. And I thank everyone who's contributed to this project, whether they're on this call or a different one. Um, it's just been an amazing experience. And without everyone's story and vulnerability and, and willingness mm -hmm. to share, we wouldn't be here. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, everyone's story has been so compelling and yet there's those you've always come out i mean we're giving hope that that's the whole point of this book is that we're actually giving the hope that yes you can do this you know all of our stories are different but we're still coming out the other side in a joyful thriving so um it's, it's uh definitely there elizabeth why did you say yes I absolutely love this topic. I thought, especially in this this world of Zoom that we're into, that everybody's like, are you muted? You're muted. You're muted. Are you muted? Right? It's a very pertinent topic. 
Did I come off you mute where we're used to asking people? So I thought topic wise, it was spot on. I've also, this is my first book collaboration that I didn't run. So this was really a treat to get to be part and be an author and, and get to see it from this side. So it was a really um, fun and is a very fun experience to get to be on that side of it and experience it. And I just knew, I know how well you do things, Marianne, and how well you run things and organize them that I, that I felt like, oh, I know she's going to do a really good job of, of organizing all this being very pro about putting this book together. Like I felt safe attaching my name to this book and being part of it. So I knew you'd attract amazing authors and people. So um, I'm so grateful to, as soon as you said, that, I was like, hell yeah, sign me up, you know? So <laughs> thank you for, for doing the work of pulling this together. Cause I know, I know what that tastes and it's yes. been so easy on my end to be part of it. So thank yes. you. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you, you came along for the ride. Michelle. <laughs> so for me, it just spoke to, you know, what I represent in terms of like, um, you know, my journey. And so when Lori presented it to me, it was a yes before, you know, I could get it out of my mouth because, you know, and I knew she knew because she knows my journey and my story that, um, you know, this would be fitting for me. And so, um, I did not hesitate. You, again, Marianne, have made this so easy. You over-communicate, and we're very well aware of the steps and everything. So you've done a phenomenal job in laying this out. So um, I think I'm, I'm in line with April at this point. I don't think I can say no to you. That's going to be the issue. <laughs> and so it would be yes again if I had to choose again, because this has been a marvelous experience. Oh, good. It's working on you. <laughs> My spell has been cast. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, authors, for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your stories and coming on to share a little snippet about uh, from your chapter. Um, the book is available. Uh, the link is in the show notes for your convenience. So be sure and get a copy. But don't just get a copy. Get a copy and give a copy. You have clients, you have friends, family who may need this book. Um, if they need an encouraging word because you've watched them have their voice muted and they need a little nudge in the right direction, you know, there are um, there are 13 chapters in this book. So they're going to find something that they'll resonate with. And um, so be sure and get a copy and give a copy. Um, the, and as I said, the link for unmuted voices is, is in the show notes. And the other thing that we wanted to offer, the authors and I wanted to offer an unmuted in 2023 workshop. It's going to be a two-part series, two, two hour long workshops, and the authors will facilitate these two workshops where they're walking you through some of the processes that they journeyed through and that made a difference for them. So to have that person to hold your hand and walk with you through this process, um, these workshops will help with that. They will be on February the 9th and the 23rd. And then um, you'll receive both workshops for $99. Um, if you use the coupon code that is in the, um, the show notes, 
you'll receive just over 20% off at $77. And this isn't a secret code. So if you have friends, share this video with them so that they can also receive that code and um, join with you. Bring a few friends on with you and, and walk this path with our authors together to unmute your voice in 2023. So I hope that is beneficial for you. The information, if you want to read more about it and to register, there's a link in the show notes for you. So thank you everyone for this journey. Does anyone have any wonderful words of wisdom they just can't wait to share just real quickly before we close out? I guess everybody's talked out. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and we'll see you on the next author reading will be January the 26th. So watch for us then, um, noon central. See you then. Bye-bye now.